friends, welcome to Springs and Roots. Many times in our fast-paced world, we don't have time for those God conversations that refresh us and bring life. The Springs and Roots podcast is an ongoing conversation between two friends demonstrating how our faith informs our lives. The roots of a tree hold it fast in place so that it won't be moved, while springs are fresh waters that bring life. The Springs and Roots podcast is meant to stir you up and refresh you as you continue to grow deep roots in God. Now let's jump into today's conversation with Linda Reed and Casey Watson. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at, (laughs) whatever time you're listening, you're listening to Springs and Roots. And this is Casey Watson and Linda Reed. Yes, welcome. Tackling the topic of guilt. Guilt. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) <laughs> it's such a heavy word even, right? Yes, it is. Um, so a couple, I guess, when, when Linda and I were having, we were having some great conversation mm-hmm. before we even started. Began. Sorry, guys. <laughs> before we even press record. Um, and I think this is a, this is a big topic because mm-hmm. I think that there's really two kinds of guilt, right? right. There's, there's a common word that's or a common phrase that's floating around these days, yes. mom guilt. Which is actually how we became on the subject. We were talking about, <laughs> we were uh, talking about our kids one day and uh, we both said in our, what we were sharing yeah. about our kids is I started to feel guilty, but I realized I don't have time for that. And that wasn't from the Lord. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, that's where this is that's coming where from. It came from. <clears throat> but as we started pressing in and having more conversation and just studying, you know, we kind of flushed it out. Like there are, there's healthy guilt yeah, and real guilt. And, and then there's like this imposed guilt, this mom guilt, this guilt we feel imposed upon us by ourselves or by others. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to tackle both sides both of that sides. coin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how far we get today. I'm guessing this is going to be a two-parter. Yes. I was just looking up um, the definition of guilt. I'm, I don't know if you're like that, but I'm always like, okay, okay, I got to look up this word. Obviously, you know, I have a general sense of what it yeah. means, but I always usually find something in that written definition mm-hmm. that gets my interest going a little bit more. And I yeah. think even how we're going to separate it, talking about what I we consider authentic guilt and then imposed guilt um, is in the definition because I have, it says the feeling of worry or unhappiness that you have done something wrong or you think you have done something wrong. Yeah. So I feel like even in that definition, it shows the two sides to this coin, um, that we want to talk about. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, we are guilty Mm -hmm. because all have sinned, right? Yes. Fallen short. So we are guilty, but I think one of the things that you and I were talking about was, um, the, the initial conviction, mm-hmm. right? And you were, you had, you had, a, you looked up yes. conviction too and had a great definition. Yeah. So conviction, because I think that's the thing we associate guilt a lot of times as always being negative, right? But true godly guilt, and that's why we read that scripture at the beginning. My version said, uh, "Purge your conscience," but yes. yours says, Mine said, "Cleanse us from a guilty conscience." Yes. Yeah. So we, so there, so guilt is not in itself wrong. It's actually a tool in our yeah. conscience that leads us to conviction, and so conviction means a formal declaration that someone is guilty of a crime or offense. Right. So 
that's called sin. Well, and I think that, so I think that when we were talking about it, what I was coming to realize is that what happens is there's an initial conviction from the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. right? A stirring in our heart that something isn't quite right. I Mm -hmm. kind of described it when we were talking as a pinprick. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a pinch, a gentle nudge to pay attention. Right, get your attention. But it's not necessarily like sometimes I guess it could be a whack, like a whack on the side, upside the head. But I think that's usually when we ignore, right? Yes. That's like further down the road. The Lord's like, listen, <laughs> listen, you're not listening, right? But I think initially it's gentle because it's His kindness that leads yes. us to repentance. So I think initially it's gentle, right? And what happens is when we're not emotionally mature or spiritually mature, Mm -hmm. we ignore it. Yes. We don't have time for it. We don't want to face it. We don't want to deal with it. We Mm -hmm. recognize it, but we're going to pretend it's not there. We're going to shove it to the back of the closet, right? Mm, We're so good at doing that, aren't we? (laughs) I am very good at this. Yes. So I, I think what happens is we do that, right? And then we haven't dealt with it. So then it becomes this overwhelming burden of guilt that we're carrying, which we need not carry. And then what happens from there is shame. Yes. Right. And I love the verse. I think it's Psalm 35 that or Psalm 34 verse five that says those who look to him are radiant. Mm -hmm. Their faces are never covered with shame, but it's not just that we're not covered with shame. We have to look to him and looking to him. Like, I, I don't know about you, but when I actually have sin or am not, I mean, it's like Adam and Eve in the garden, mm-hmm. right? What did they mm-hmm. do? They hid. They hid, right. They sewed fig leaves. They hid, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, that's what, I don't want to look at him in the face when mm-hmm. I'm guilty, when I, when that conviction comes, I don't want to necessarily deal with it. But I think in this season of my life, the Lord is calling me to a deeper emotional maturity, mm-hmm. which requires that, that awareness. Oh, I'm feeling like something is off. I need to deal with this now because otherwise it festers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so h- how do you deal right. with that pinprick, yeah. you know, that you may call guilt, but you know, the guilt is okay. As long as it's conviction, it's saying, yeah. yes, okay, something's not right. This is from the Lord. Um, and, you know, just wanting to call people to the goodness that we can receive yeah. when we do turn to him. Like yes. you said, those that turn to him, that his, their faces are radiant. Because when we realize that if we don't turn to him, we start feeling the opposite. Yeah. And so um, that's where shame comes in. And actually, I was reading an article this morning about um, shame and what shame does to uh, people. And it says um, chronic guilt can lead to feelings of inadequacy. Chronic guilt leads to shame, which leads to feelings of unworthiness and isolation. Yeah. And so you have a lot of people that are, you know, they love Jesus. They, you know, they want to live for him. They want to, you know, do great things for him. But they are feeling chronic feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness. And then they isolate. Yes. And so then where are they? They're right where the enemy wants them to be. Yeah. Because he immobilizes you when you're in that chronic feeling of guilt and shame. And it's a cycle. Yeah. And I know you've seen people in it. I've seen people in it. I've I've lived in it. Yeah. So, (laughs) and and so what, so what, what are you doing? Like you can't produce the fruit that God wants. And so the enemy is just wants them in that corner so that they can be, you know, 
just have, have, don't have that fruit. They don't have the freedom. Yeah. They don't have all of the yeah. good things that if we will turn our faces again, yes. like you said, yes. turn your face to yeah. the Lord, you won't be ashamed. Well, listen, misery loves company, right? Yes. The enemy is in bondage himself. Yes. He wants as to many of us, us into it. to join him as he possibly can get. Right. So if he can keep us bound up, if he can keep us in bondage, he's, first of all, he's not alone, right? Yeah, so exactly. there's, right, there's power in numbers in his mind, I guess, but also just then we're not doing what we're supposed to do. We're not we're not producing fruit. We're not walking it out. We're not walking with the Lord and in the light, right? We're mm-hmm. we're staying hidden and the Lord all like he came for our freedom. So yes. that's what we're called to walk in. That's our destiny. We and that's why Satan loves the opposite. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so when we don't respond to that pinprick or the sometimes smack, however it goes, <laughs> um, and we find ourselves in a cycle of guilt and shame, um then we kind of leave ourselves open for the devil to, you know, influence us more in our minds. And he is called, the devil means um, slander or accuser. And so the reason why we want to turn to Jesus is because when we leave ourselves with unrepentant sin and we're stuck in a guilt and shame cycle, then we are literally opening the door for the devil to continue to accuse us. Because this is another thing I think a lot of people have wrong is they think the devil is accusing us of something that's made up. Well, usually it's a half truth. I mean, I think I like you hear people say well, the devil's a liar, but he's a twister. He, but he deals in half truths. Yes. Right. He does. So he will take something that's a half truth. He'll take a little nugget because mm-hmm. he knows we're not stu- completely stupid. Most right. Of the time, right. Most of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he knows that he, there has to be some element of truth for us to, to like, you know, for to the listen. hook to sink yes, in, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the bait. And, and, and so if we don't deal with it, if we don't address it, it's just giving him room to right. come into our underbelly. Ooh, I know. That's right. I know what you've left alone. So mm-hmm. let's, let's make, let's stir this up. And then that guilt grows. And then I think sometimes the actual guilt can become an imposed guilt. Yeah. Because if we just dealt with this one small little yes. thing mm-hmm. that's minor, but yes. we needed, to, the Lord was calling us yes. to a maturity. Deal with this, please. But we, oh, it's not a big deal, whatever. We push it aside. So then the enemy comes in. And he's accusing us and he's stirring it up and he's stirring in our spirit. I mean, he accuses us before the Lord, before the throne, but he accuses us mm-hmm. right to our spirit. That's right. That's right. And so then, then we're bound, right? Then mm-hmm. we believe it. And what was small, what was a pinprick now is a smack in the face, but mm-hmm. not from the Lord, from the enemy, right? Conviction, right. This, right? Yeah. It's so stomp down on. on the ground. That's yeah. what he wants is to stomp because us under his feet. we didn't deal with the one little thing. Yeah. Um, there's a verse in, or a passage in Psalm, Psalm 32, I was reading this earlier, is all about, I mean, the, in my Bible, the, it says the theme of it is relief from guilt. And verses 1 and 2 were, blessed is he who's, you know, forgiven, whose sins are covered, the Lord does not count them against him. But this is uh, David saying this, and he says in verse 3, he said, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Mm. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. So in this instance, the heavy hand is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that heavy hand can be. 
the impression of the enemy. Yes. But again, it all goes back to the fact of if we had just dealt with it. Yes. Right? I mean, this, this is a heavy time. passage. My bones were wasted mm-hmm. away within me, right? Mm-hmm. That's heavy. And I relate. I can relate well, to that. And how many people feel that way? Right. They're constantly drained. They're constantly, you know, feeling this, you know, just blah, not yep. good. You know, um, the article I was reading said one of the effects of um, excessive guilt and shame is lack of sleep. Yeah. You know, anxiety, it's like anxiety, yeah. depression, all that yeah. stuff. And so it's like we're we're just leaving ourselves open um, if we will only but confess and repent and turn yeah. to the Lord. And yeah. confession just means agree with. It yeah. means I agree with you, God. Yeah. That's wrong. Um, I held that against that person, you know, or, or I did this or I did that confess just means to agree with God that something was wrong and repent means to turn around. So you turn away from what you were doing wrong, which is usually really honestly in the thoughts most of the time for believers, it's our thought life. My thought life needs to turn away from that, those thoughts and turn towards the thoughts of God, you know, that are true and right and perfect. Um, and then we cover ourselves in the blood and then that's where, when the enemy comes and he wants to accuse us of something that we've done, um, then we can say, you're right. I did that, but it's covered under the blood. So talk to my, talk to my hand, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because we're covered in the righteousness of Jesus. And we recognize then that we have authority. I've dealt with that. Mm -hmm. I have authority. The Lord, you know, like it's covered. Yes. So. No, I'm not going to walk in that. I'm yes. not going to. And it, and the Bible is clear that those who confess, there's still, if, I mean, we're, if, you know, there, I tell my kids this all the time, there's always consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Even in mercy, even in grace, there's still sometimes just natural consequences, mm-hmm. right? But the Bible promises, promises us that mercy, right? Yes. When we confess, when we go to him and mm-hmm. confess our sin, there's mercy, Yes. Well, I'm going to do two little um, comparisons because okay. um, I was looking at this this morning and I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like you and I are really, you know, intense on this because we both feel it so strongly because we've seen the destruction, yes. like you said, you know, in our own lives, but also yeah. other people that being, you know, caught in the shame cycle can give. And I honestly also always tell this to my kids, too, because I think, unfortunately, a lot of people that grow up in a Christian home. We learn how to feel that guilt and that condemnation really oh. well. It's this sense of shame and not measuring up. Yeah. And so, um, but this is the response that Jesus has. And this is what, you know, I want for my life. And I tell this to my kids all the time. Like it never, it, it, it never matters what you do. Turn to Jesus. Yeah. Because that's where so many people are sitting. And a lot of people outside of the church, they believe in the Lord, but they've been in such a guilt and shame cycle for so long they won't even come to church because they they are they are hiding from his presence so these are two responses that that i saw so one was the apostle peter so he um you know jesus said hey before the rooster crows three times you're gonna deny me he does he denies him he cusses he's like i don't know him and um obviously i can't imagine the guilt 
that came on him, you know, at yeah. knowing that he he did the very thing that he promised Jesus he wouldn't do. Yeah. And Jesus knew he was going to do it. Yeah. And so he did it and he did it. And then um, Jesus rises and then there's this picture of, they call it the breakfast by the sea. But the disciples are out on the boat. It looks like Peter's given up because he says, I'm going fishing because that's what he did before Jesus called him. So it's kind of like, looks like Peter, it could look like he's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go back to what I knew. And he goes fishing and they didn't catch anything all night. And then they see um, a man by the sea. And he goes, oh, um, throw your net in the other side. And uh, John recognizes it's Jesus. And he says to Peter, it's the Lord. So in my mind, I think, oh, if I was Peter, probably what would I do? I would have slumped up on that shore with my shoulders down. Yeah, Yeah, last one (laughs) off the boat. Like, he knows what I did. But no, Peter didn't do that. Yeah. It says as soon as John said that to Peter, Peter put on his cloak and he dove. It says he plunged into the sea and he swam as fast as he could to get to Jesus. And so that is the response of a person who has spent time with Jesus. And then what did Jesus do? And then Jesus empowered him. Mm-hmm. He empowered him to be the flock, you know, yeah. to lead the flock. Yeah. yeah. Three times, right? Three times. So I just love Peter's response. But Peter represents a person who, mm-hmm. yes, I messed up. Yeah. But I've spent enough time with Jesus to know yeah. Peter knew what Jesus was like. Yeah. And so he ran to Jesus even yeah. after he had denied him. Yeah. And so that's what, what I want for myself. So that's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for, you know, everyone that I know is like know Jesus enough to know that even when you yeah. mess up, run after him as hard yeah. as you can because he's going to forgive you yeah. if you will come to him. Yeah, he didn't shame him. He said, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Do you love me? And he did it three times to cover. Yes. Yeah. He, in that act, I just, it's just, I love that story. It's I do a too. beautiful picture. I do too. I just, I love that it said Peter plunged into the sea. Yeah. You know, you just see like the intensity of, yeah. I got to get to Jesus. That was no splashing around or waiting. That's like he dove in. No, he dove yeah. in. And then the, the other side of that is where the devil wants us. And this is. You know, in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, mm-hmm. um, God was coming to spend time with them. So again, the presence of God, they had been walking with yeah. God in the cool of the day. It said that God came into the garden. He was looking for his buddies, <laughs> Adam yeah. and Eve. And it says in Genesis um, <clears throat> that Adam and his wife hid themselves from yeah. the presence of the Lord among the trees. And that is... It's just what the devil wants. Yeah. He wants us to hide ourselves from the presence of God. Yep. And then what happens? They get kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. I so, wonder what would have happened if they had said, I wonder if he still would have closed off paradise or what, what the ramifications would have been if they hadn't hid if when he said, where are you? And they said, here mm-hmm. we are. We. Yeah. Will you forgive us? Forgive us. Yeah. We messed up. We messed up. And that's the key, isn't it, Casey, being able to say, I messed up. Yeah. Why is it so hard for us to confess that we've done something wrong? I don't know. Our pride. It's our pride. I mean, really, I mean, I think in my life anyways, most mm-hmm. sin in my life goes back to the root mm, yeah, of pride. Yeah, I feel like for me, that's it. Because mm-hmm. if we humble ourselves, it's it takes humility to confess that you've done something wrong. Yeah. And, um, but when we humble ourselves then God will lift us up. And it, yeah. I just keep going back to that verse. You yeah. know, if we will turn to him, then our faces will be radiant. Yeah. Um, but if we won't turn, then yeah. what are we left to, yeah. you know? And it wasn't Jesus's choice. He, like you were saying before we started mm-hmm. recording, he's already 
paid the price. Yeah. That his blood is already available to us. His yeah. forgiveness is already available yes. to us. Yeah. He has his hand outstretched at all times. Yeah. If we will only stretch ours back out to him. Yep. So <clears throat> I think that's our biggest encouragement, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we were talking, I think there's, I mean, I, my, there's three key things, right? And yes. this sums up what we've just been talking about. First of all, confession is key. Mm-hmm. And the sooner the better, right? Let's just yes. be honest. Because otherwise it just grows. Gives time, like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. It becomes an ugly monster. But mm-hmm. but conviction leads to shame when our sin is not confessed. Right. And we are not called to walk in shame. Mm-hmm. We are called to be radiant. Like mm-hmm. Moses, when he gazed upon the face yes. of the Lord, right? Or not even the face of the Lord, the back of the Lord. Yes, you just right. saw the backside, His back right? Is still it good. wasn't even the face. Um, and we're free from condemnation. There is therefore now no no condemnation, right? He's mm-hmm. removed for our those sin that are in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Jesus right? So put yourself in exactly. Jesus. <laughs> I am a big. I, there have been several people in my life that I have told this to, but you have like yeah okay if you're in a moment where there's people around you, you can get quiet with the Lord in your heart, right? He knows our thoughts. But but really, our spirits, our, like, our bodies need to hear our mouths yes. confess. Yes. And not only the bad stuff, but the good stuff. Mm-hmm. We need to out loud. And so then when the enemy comes back, again, when the enemy comes back and says, oh, but you did this, mm-hmm. you can say, nope. Yeah. Behind me, Satan. That's right. I've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. It's between me and the Lord now, not you. Right been done you know and it's but but we need to say it out loud don't be afraid yeah we're ashamed to say it out loud that's there's power in our words i agree with you 100 percent. so yeah confession is key uh forgiveness we have been forgiven Mm -hmm. but after confession we have to receive it we have to receive the forgiveness we have to forgive ourselves and we have to receive the forgiveness that has been given to us from uh the father and that can be i think the hardest part and then I think lastly, it is to recognize the schemes of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And part of, I think, what we're also going to talk about um, in our next podcast. Yes. But just recognizing that when we don't confess, when we don't deal with it, we're leaving ourselves vulnerable. And that's where he, that's where the enemy wants us. Yeah. Like I always think it's like then our mind becomes his playground. He's just yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to party up in here because I got them in the corner right where I want them, you know. Yeah. And so we just hope that this has been an encouragement. Um, we are just going to con- continue on with this um, in our next one. Yeah. And um, I think the next one is going to be even more eye opening for people because <laughs> I feel like this is something that people deal with more than they probably realize. But when they listen to us talk and maybe we'll share a story or two. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. either, but I'm feeling that there might be some stories coming on. Um, then um, it will set people free. So until next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Springs and Roots. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We look forward to chatting with you next week on the Springs and Roots podcast.